This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. So it's our first podcast in the new year. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and a blessed epiphany. And here we are. Kellen, at the first of the year, people make New Year's resolutions. We also kind of, as church people, think about amending our lives at Lent. But just curious if you've made any New Year's resolutions you want to share with folks listening. I literally think we had the same conversation a year ago. Well, did you keep and I those think, up? I think I said, I don't usually make resolutions. I do 30 days of yoga with Adrian, and that's the same this year as it was last year because that's what I do in the new year. What's nice about your goal setting is that it's that the goals are realistic. <laughs> it's just one month. You're not saying that you're going to become a yogi. No. You're saying... I'm going to practice yoga for 30 days. Right. That's it. It's very sort of um, limited and succinct. Uh, The great Anglican theologian Evelyn Underhill uh, suggests that we do one coat of paint at a time. (laughs) I'm not saying you're comparing my yoga to a coat of paint. (laughs) I'm not trying to diminish your resolution. (laughs) It's a great one. Thanks. Me too. Um, the big question that I have is, is it pronounced Evelyn or Evelyn? I'd say Evelyn. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard people pronounce it both ways, which confuses me. Do you know anyone named Evelyn? No, but people say Evelyn Underhill. Why? I don't know. Do you want to, is this a kind of a little segment where we talk about the way people pronounce things that need to change? No, that's not. We could. I'm really just genuinely curious how to pronounce this uh, mystic's like, name from the 20th century. What about when people put an L in salmon in terms of pronouncing it? You've heard people say Solomon? No. I <laughs> <laughs> have not. Well, that shouldn't happen either. Um, do you have New Year's resolutions, Bentley? Mine are a bit more mundane, Kellen. What coats of paint are you putting on? <laughs> it's about coats of paints I'm taking off. Oh. <laughs> I, I think like the rest of America, I could use a little more exercise, a little more disciplined in my eating habits. So, um, you know, trying to kind of rein it in a little bit. I'm surprised you're putting that out there for everybody. I think I don't care. Yeah. Transparency, accountability, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's, That's what I'm doing this year is just trying to kind of new year, new you, be a little more healthy. Here comes the brand new. Um, Let's do some, like, vast highlights of this year so far. Um, There's a massive Omicron surge happening out there. This is not a look back? No. This is, like, what's happened. What's happening right now. Great. Okay. (laughs) Um, We, you, the church, hired a new parish administrator, Adam Emery. Yes, and he's wonderful. Yes, it's been so great. It's only been here in not even a week. No, a week. A, a whole week. Yeah. And it's been great to have him a part of the team. 
Um, Kellen, you kind of took the highlights. I would say we've got a new file sharing software that we're using in the office that I'm a big fan of. Well, I can't stop talking about Basecamp, which is basically like an online filing cabinet. Um, it's great, but I'm not sure it's worthy of podcast time. <laughs> well, you took... Right. And then I guess we've got... Um, We've got a new piece of technology that's coming in <laughs> to use uh, for hybrid meetings, which is both depressing and helpful. Highlands um, via the epicenter of Church of the Incarnation is going to become the new Silicon Valley. <laughs> we know so much about tech. We started off not knowing anything, but then the <laughs> pandemic forced our hand. And I like know how to share calendars on Microsoft Outlook now, which I feel pretty proud of. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's getting real fancy. That's the wrong word. (laughs) So in this season after Epiphany, um, it's a good time to look where the light comes in, you know? Find find the cracks, find find the light, discover where Christ is among us. Um, It's also a great time for home blessings, but that's kind of an aside. Wondering if you've seen seen the light anywhere surprising, Bentley. Kellen, you've heard it said, it's a church father, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. Uh, when we talk about glory, God's glory, oftentimes that comes with an idea of light and shiny things reflecting God's light. You get this especially in um, Hebrew scripture. And so for me, I often see the light breaking into the world uh, through other the lives of other human beings um, who are fully alive. Uh, recently, I've seen a lot of light um, shining forth from uh, my kiddos. In particular, our youngest is, is growing up and her little personality is coming out day by day. Um, and, you know, the more she um, kind of grows and comes alive, um, it, th- those are spaces where I see God uh, clearly at work in the world. I'm also anticipating uh, a big celebration for one of my dear friends. His birthday is next month, and uh, we're going to celebrate his birthday as a group. And I'm thinking about the particular ways light uh, is reflected, shared with the world through his life. Um He's a wonderful teacher. He's a great thinker. He cares a lot about uh, justice. And so I'm thinking about uh, just his own life, um, kind of being a a place where light uh, breaks into the world. I'm thinking about this um, idea of individuals being conduits or sources of God's light. Um, I can't help but think about Archbishop Desmond Tutu who we lost uh, recently, um, who has died. I Just seeing kind of some of the newspaper articles and the celebration of his life, uh, someone who uh, is a faithful bishop, uh, Christian, and how his witness uh, shared light uh, with the world. Kellen, how are you seeing uh, bits of God, God's light uh, during this uh, season after the Epiphany? Um... I'm thinking a lot about caregivers and those folks who 
show up to work at hospitals and parents who have been juggling daycare closings and sick kiddos and work from home um people like my sister and my parents um who are caregiving for other humans right now and like how crazy difficult and ridiculous and almost impossible it seems to be holding all of those things and still doing it and persevering and yeah I see glimmers of light in their persistence and faithfulness and yeah that they like still show up for patients and their kids and and for people who need them that's one of the places I've seen some light recently Kellen, you're preaching uh, this coming Sunday uh, from the second chapter of John, and the gospel text is the story of Jesus at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. It's the first recorded miracle we have of Jesus, and at the wedding, uh, basically, uh, he's there with his mother and the disciples, and they run out of wine, and someone go, and his mother comes comes to Jesus and says, you know, we've they've run out of wine, uh, solve help solve this problem. Um, and then Mary goes to the other servants, we're told, and, and says to them, do whatever he tells you to do. And he asks them to get uh, six stone water jars for the Jewish rite of purification. And then he f- they're filled with water, and Jesus turns those jugs of water into wine. Um, and then there's this kind of really wonderful line at the very end, which I think requires me to read in in full uh, where someone uh, a steward uh, tastes the wine and says everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk but you have kept the good wine until now Uh, so anyway that's the gospel reading looking forward to hearing what you're thinking kellen the gospel of john is fascinating it's like you know, to use some really bad metaphors, <laughs> like an onion <laughs> or like Russian nesting dolls. Whenever you think you know what it's saying, there's going to be a deeper, more subterranean layer. What about like an artichoke? Sure. I like it. Let's just use whatever metaphor we want because John uses any metaphor he wants all of the time. And so we have this scene where there's a wedding. <laughs> But the wedding doesn't really seem to be, like, forefront, or at least the bride and the groom. They're kind of, like, not even present in the text. It's really Jesus and his mother, whom he calls woman. Um, It's their conversation that leads up to this kind of wonky, unexpected sign, this miracle. And it's all... A little obscure, to be honest. Kellen, this might not be right, and it may not be at all what the gospel intended, but as I think about the symbolism, the kind of layers, I've normally thought about those 
jars of purification filled with water being replaced with wine as a kind of Eucharistic image and an image of Christ's blood um, as kind of purifying. I don't know if that's right, but it's it's something I've thought about, something I need to look up. Um, so if any of you listening uh, know anything about this, um, I'd love to hear back from you. But I've, that's something I want to explore if, if there's a connection there. Honestly, sometimes I think there are no illegitimate readings of John. <laughs> so I think that's like a totally great imaginative imaginative connection. Um, I'm also thinking, right, about wine symbolism in the Old Testament, referring to sort of like the salvation of God and the restoration of Israel um, and how John in the later part of his gospel right, moves Jesus' crucifixion back to when the slaughter of the lambs would have actually happened um, the day before the Passover. And so I think John is kind of linking blood and salvation and um, and potentially wine, right, all, all together, or at least um, putting them cl- in close association so their meanings bounce off each other. And we haven't even said anything about the ridiculous amount of wine that is being produced in this story. A ridiculous amount. It's a lot. Yes. It's, I mean... It's good to know that Jesus, and I mean this with all sincerity, uh, is open to celebration, joy, moments of... um, Festivity. Festivity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the church can get pretty... Is pretty good. Is pretty skilled at reminding folks of uh, the ways in which they've kind of taken up excess or uh, need to reform their lives, uh, or even to kind of stamp out at its worst. I think the church can at times act as if uh, joy doesn't belong. Uh, but this beautiful story, this joyful story, suggests otherwise. Completely. Yeah, the exact opposite. Almost like it's almost frivolous. It's completely abundant. And yeah, it seems to serve this like really um, joyful occasion. There's time for Lent, but it's not now. Here's a blessing from Jan Richardson. You thought you had learned to live with the empty, the hollow. You could place your ear against the rim of the vessel of your life and hear its ringing echo with equanimity, not expecting any more, not even bothered almost to be a bystander at the feast, if not delighting in the celebration, at least not despairing in it. When the water rushed into the emptiness, you were surprised that you were surprised, that you could even feel the sudden wellspring when you thought all had been poured out. And then suddenly, the sweetness that stuns you, that tells you this was not all, this was not the end, that this blessing was saving the best for last. Let the filthy dance with the righteous. Let the filthy dance with the righteous.
dear people of God, it was great to be with you for another episode of Empty Pews. We've got a lot of snow on the way. Yes, so stay tuned about worship on Sunday. Bentley and I are planning to be here for the 1030, unless we literally cannot make it. If you don't live in Highlands, I think half of our listeners are outside of Highlands. Uh, for, for you all, we're going to get a foot of snow, I think, on Saturday. And so it's a little stressful trying to plan for that, but uh, really exciting. And cozy. And cozy. So stay warm, stay safe, and between now and the next time we see you, know that we love you. We miss you. God's peace. Peace.